0: All right, Um, let's start with some prayer. Father, Lord, we pray for Andy as he's feeling under the weather. Lord, we pray that you would heal him quickly. Lord, that you would give him comfort and rest today. Lord, we thank you for the time to be here to... um, gather around your word. Lord, I pray that you would be with the words that come from my mouth. Lord, we thank you for your son and all that he's done. Lord, we pray for all those that are out in the cold. Lord, those that may not have a home, that uh and those that will be coming later today. Father, we thank you for for all this in your son's name. Amen. Um yeah, we want to pray for for Andy. Um I actually got up this morning and checked my phone two or three times and my email to see if he miraculously was healed. Just to take this from me. <laughs> but um so we're starting another new year. Um so you all have those New Year's resolutions. You have How'd they go from last year? Did you do okay? I'm hoping that this message is one that will put a little bit of a fire underneath us. Because so often um, we're always asking for that better walk. For We're asking that we'd be in God's Word more. And what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be doing John abiding with Christ. So that's where we're going to start with. So, if you want, um, you can go ahead and turn to John 15. In, in John 8, though, 831, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. In, in John By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so that you prove to be my disciples. You're going to find that my teaching, I'm not like your Sunday school teacher. I'm more used to a practical, topical, so that um, we examine our lives, because I'm used to the, the men in the jail and getting them riled up so they understand what a Christian walk is like. Uh, we will go through lots of scripture and some of it the same over and over again, but with a different point as we're getting along through this. Um, in 2 John 1, 9, everyone who goes ahead, of, ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in his teaching has both the Father and the Son. You can kind of see where we're going. We're, God's word is going to convict us of all this. John fifteen six, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch that withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. We see that in these verses, we need to abide and bear much fruit. How does that work in our lives? Once again, let's see what the scripture says. We're going to be going right now to John 15, 1 through 10. I'll go ahead and read that. I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me, I am in him. He is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. As we go through this, once again, just listen to the contrast between those that abide and those that don't. There's a lot in this short passage that we're going to land on just a few of the main points. Let's start with seeing if we can bear much fruit to prove that we are his disciples first. And then we will see how far we can get the vine without abiding here are some thoughts of what bearing fruit is and what it's not bearing fruit is the outcome of the life of Christ dwelling in us while fruit producing is attempting to live in the Christian to live as a Christian in our own power Fruit-bearing is a result of faith, while fruit-producing is striving and struggling. Fruit-bearing abides in Christ, bringing rest and peace, while fruit-producing is rules, self-effort, never knowing if one has done enough. Fruit-bearing produces good works that last for eternity. Fruit-producing is short-lived and only gives the appearance of true Christianity. We are called by Christ to be fruit-bearers, not fruit-producers. Fruit is born when we abide in Christ. This is where my studies took me from going through fruit, bearing fruit to how to bear good fruit. Abiding. We're going to read the verses again and see how abiding is going to produce fruit. Once again, I am the true vine, and the Father is the vine dresser. Each branch in me does not that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch does not bear fruit, and those that don't do, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Note the vine produces the fruit. We abide abide and bear, it's not us. Not only do we we say abide, but we could also say walk by the spirit, be led by the spirit. Galatians 5, 16 through 21 says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for those that oppose each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I've warned you before, that those that do such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such things, there's no law. And those that belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with the passions. Once again, the key things here walk by the Spirit. It'd be the same as abiding. Generate, regulate your life by the Spirit. Conduct oneself by the Spirit. This is something no one ever expected of me, the Greek. The Greek word minnow for abide means remain, abide, in reference to a place, to sojourn, to tarry not to depart to continue to be present to be held kept continually in reference to time to continue to be not to perish to last to endure Of persons is to survive to live in reference to a state or condition to remain as one not to become another or different, to wait for. It's to live with in one abode. The word abide definitely brings the thought of closeness. It is a beautiful picture of the Christian life it magnifies the blessing associated with abiding in Christ, salvation, faithfulness, answered prayer, abundant life, full joy, and security. The branches that abide in the true vine present those who are truly saved. The others are not properly connected to the vine. If you read John 15, 1 through 5 again, you will note that the non fruit bearing vines in the vine are not really part of the vine they do not need to be cut off just gathered in my yard i've seen shrubs that have weeds growing in them the weeds are intertwined with the branches and the shrubs and they appear to be part of the same plant but in reality they're attached to a different root They are like people who only have a superficial relationship to Christ. Tragedy is some people pretend to be Christians, but they have no real connection to Christ. They might regularly go to church or be involved in a Bible study. They might even talk about having some relationship with Jesus, but they aren't general branches in the vine. Some husbands come to church only because their wives want them to. Some young people come to church because of their parents or because their friends go there. But there's no interest in knowing Christ personally. Sometimes a person who is active in the church leaves suddenly and goes back to their old lifestyle. People wonder what happened. 1 John 2.19 tells us, they went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained but they went out so as that they would show they were not really of us if a person's relationship to Christ is genuine he remains 1 johns 2:24 through 25 says as for you let that abide in you which you have heard from the beginning if you heard from the beginning, abides in you. You also will abide in the Son and in the Father. This is the promise which he himself made to us, eternal life. Paul said in Colossians 1 through 22 and 23, he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death in order to present you before him holy and beyond reproach. If indeed you continue... In the firm and the faith firmly established and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in the creation from under heaven. In Hebrews likewise. Hebrews three six, Christ was faithful as a son over his house. Whose house are we if we hold fast our confession and boast in our hope firm until the end? By continuing in Christ, we give evidence that we are really part of his household. Later in the same chapter, for we have, been, we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance and firm until the end. A true believer has a living and vital relationship with Christ that cannot give away to unbelief or abandon the faith. I know I'm preaching in the choir. And I know that this is not what you're used to on a Sunday morning. You're more uh, a Sunday school lesson. I just don't do that. <laughs> don't know that. <sighs> but in here, there's a lot of ifs. A lot of ifs in these verses. But you'll see there's no, if you ever prayed a prayer for Jesus to come in your life or if you've ever walked an aisle or if you're a good person because God's love. There's a lot of ifs like that in the world. Instead, we get these hard ifs if you're abiding. Abiding in Christ is the mark of true salvation. Just as my Father has loved me. I have also loved you. Abide in my love. A real disciple doesn't come to Christ, receive his love, and then leave again. He remains. That is what Jesus is saying whether he's, when he says, Abide, bear much fruit. Abide in my love. Be real. Be a real believer. Just because you attend church does not mean that you're one of his disciples. Again in Matthew, the parable of the wheat and the tares. Matthew 13, 24 through 30. He put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while... His men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. And when the plants came up and bore again, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in the field? How then does it have weeds? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, then do you want us to go gather them? But he said, no, lest us gather in the weeds. You root up the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until the harvest. And At the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first. Bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into the barn. If you ever looked into wheat and tares, what the difference is. Wheat bears fruit. And as those seeds grow in the, that wheat head, it gets heavy and it bows its head. The tear stands up straight and tall, defiant to God. A Christian combined... Abide only by being firmly grounded in Jesus. If a branch is to abide, it cannot even be a half an inch away from the vine. It must be connected. Those who are saved are those who are abiding. And those that are not abiding are not saved. So if we are abiding in Christ, then we're producing fruit And what does that fruit look like in your life? We can return to that parable and finish reading it once again. I am the true vine. The Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit it takes away. And every branch that does bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit fruitfulness that comes from our faithfulness the pruning hurts sometimes but it does cause growth we'll go down to if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you answered prayer are you seeing that kind of fruit in your life do you see an answered prayer? By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so to prove that you are my disciples, proof of salvation. We can always go back to that scary verse in Matthew seven twenty one. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? They were fruit providers, They weren't bearing fruit. They were doing it on their own. Because when you bear the fruit, because you're attached to the vine, the Father's glorified. Therefore, you're the ones, you did the will of the Father. As the Father loved me, so I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I kept my father's commandments, abide in his love. There's another if. We should do a word study more on the abide and the ifs. You notice that all these other people get up and they use those really big long words and they're going to go through, minor just two, I-F, two. Two letters. You know, I'm so dyslexic that spell check, when I try to get a word spell-checked, it wants to go to translation. He must be speaking Russian or Hungarian or something because we have no clue what you want. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. When we're abiding, we have joy. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you Greater love has no one than this that someone laid down his life for his friends and you are my friends if you do what I command you. He says no longer do I call you servants for servants don't know what his master is doing but I call you friends For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You didn't choose me. I chose you, appointed to you that you should go and bear fruit. That your fruit should abide so that whatever you asked in the Father's name may be given to you. Answered prayer. We want to see these things in our lives. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Abiding creates love. So we see fruitfulness, salvation, joy, love, answered prayer. Let's go through a little bit of that real quick. Fruitfulness. Those who truly abide will bear fruit. Jesus tells us in verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit in itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. A person who abides discovers that his soul is nourished with the truth of God as he stays in, stays in close, living, energized relationship with Christ. The natural result is is a spiritual fruit. Sometimes we think that we can bear fruit alone. We become independent because we think we are strong, clever. Sometimes we look at fruit that we have borne in the past and think we can do it again on our own. We forget that God worked through us to produce that fruit. A branch can bear no fruit apart from the vine. Whatever your gifts, accomplishments, virtues, they cannot produce fruit if you're not attached to Jesus. Fruit is born not by trying, but by abiding. To bear genuine fruit, you must take your place on the vine and get as close as you can to Jesus. Strip away all the things of the world. Put aside the sin, the distractions, that zap your energy. Mine says sap your energy. I guess that goes with the vine. Just keep pruning, just like pruning grapes, vines in my yard. God will prune away the useless things in our lives so we can grow stronger. We must stay away from sin and be in God's word. Having done all that, don't worry about bearing fruit. It's not your concern. As a vine merely is part of us, and it's what makes us bear fruit. When we get close to Jesus, his energy, you will bear the fruit. Some people find that reading the Bible is boring. They think sharing their faith is dull. And others those think it's exciting. The difference is that one is working on deeds and the other is concentrating on a relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't focus on the deeds Focus on your walk with Christ. The deeds grow naturally out of your relationship. Once again, be a true Christian. Fruit is not an outward success. Many think that if you have a ministry that's big, that involves a lot of people, it's fruitful. But a church or a Bible study group isn't successful just because it has a lot of people. Fleshly efforts can produce big numbers. Some missionaries might minister to a few people and bear a lot of fruit. A person does not have a lot of fruit just because they're enthusiastic or you can make others enthusiastic about church programs. God produces the real fruit in our lives when we abide with him. The fruit of the spirit is common to all of us, yet the spirit uses it differently. God did not design us to produce the same fruit. There are some kinds of fruit that we may see in abiding in Christ that are different a Christ-like character. A believer who is a Christ-like Christ bears fruit. That is what Paul meant in Galatians 5:22-23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, fruitfulness, gentleness, self-control. Such things there is no law. Christ-like character is not produced by self-effort. It grows naturally out of a relationship with Christ. We don't first try to be loving. And we have, when we have become loving, try to be, be joyful and so on. Instead, those qualities become part of our lives when we abide with Christ. Glorifying God or praising to God is fruit. Hebrews 15, 13. Through him then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God That is the fruit of our lips that gives thanks to his name. When you praise God, thank him for who he is and what he's done, you offer him fruit. Giving to those in need is a fruit. The Philippian church gave Paul a gift. In Philippians 4, 17, he told them that he was glad for their sake that they had not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit, which increases to your account. He appreciated it, not for the sake of the gift, but for the fruit in their lives. In Romans fifteen twenty-eight, Paul wrote, Therefore, when I have finished this, and I have put my seal on this fruit of theirs... I will go on by the way of Spain. Again, he refers to a gift of fruit. In both cases, their gift has revealed their love. So Paul counted it as fruit. A gift for someone in need is fruit. It's offered from a loving heart to please Christ. That's why we see when he said, when you gave a little one, a drink. When you did, you did this unto me, he should, that's our fruit. Purity and conduct is another kind of spiritual fruit. Paul wanted Christians to be holy in their behavior, and he wrote in Colossians 1.10, that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Converts is a type of fruit. Not all disciples in Christ will see converts. But remember, it is not your job to make converts. We are to abide in Christ. He is to produce the fruit. If it is a convert, that's great. But remember that when Jesus was traveling in Samaria, he met a woman getting water. She told the people in their town about Jesus. As the people from the town came out to meet him, he said to the disciples, Lift up your eyes. Look on the fields. They are white for harvest. Already he who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for life eternal so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in the case he was saying is true, one sows, another reaps. I've sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. The disciples were reaping the results of other people's labor, Those people did not see all the results of their labor, but their efforts still bore fruit. We are to abide. He will work through us to bear fruit. This is where we just want you to think, to understand in your life that the bearing of the fruit is done through him. We don't see it always in our lives. Sometimes it can be heart, uh, heartbreaking to go, I've done all this, I don't see anything. Um, I'll tell you a story that years ago, I, you know, those that know me that was chaplain in the jail and I sat in my car, just pray and go, God, I said, I've done this for 10 years. And, you know, uh, the, what do you call them, the deputies in the jail will often say, you know, when these guys get out of the jail, they'll take that Bible and throw it in the trash. And I say, yeah, I know. Maybe one or two won't. Um, but I was feeling down, just in praying, Lord, for 10 years, I've come, I'm away from my wife on Sundays. Um, just show me it's worth it. Just really just show me this is worth it. And, you know, our minds work different than God. I'd say that God is very good, He does answer prayers rather quickly. I've always noticed that. So I went into jail. And my thought is, okay, I'm going to go into a pod. I'm going to have 20 men in there, and they're going to have all these, you know, rejoicing in, in Christ. And uh, I'm going to make an aisle. No, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. And I'm not going to ask him to pray a prayer either. Um, but I, I went in, and in the office, there was a note saying, Mark, go to the felon's pod. And so I went upstairs. Uh, Andy would understand all this, because he's the one that got me into the jail Um, not because I did anything wrong, (laughs) but I went up to the felon's pod and so they buzzed me in and all that. And I go in and the deputy will call church service and I walk in there, there's one guy in the room already and he's sitting there and I'm waiting. I said, I looked at him, I said, so where is everybody? He says, I don't know. There's usually a lot of guys come in. So I'm like, Wow. Well, so it's just you and me. And he said he says, Yeah, we're two or more gathered in my name. There I am in the midst. And I said, So we're talking Matthew eighteen, church discipline. And I said, I don't need church discipline. Do you need church discipline? And and he just kind of looked at me, I said, Oh, just read it later. So I had an attitude. I said to God, I go, you know, this is crazy. You know, I go, I'm here I'm expecting, hoping to see, maybe it's not, maybe I shouldn't be here. It's not worth it. I look at this young man, and he's got a Bible that's got all these notes attached to it and filled in and stuff like that. And I said, wow, so, you know, uh, are you getting out soon? He said, yeah, I, um, I was in jail for five years, and I get out in like six months and I said, well, you did a good job on your Bible in those five years. And he just looked at me like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And he said, you gave me this Bible a few months ago. And he said, that was the first time I really understood. Well, I was blessed to, that in six months from then, I'm actually in another pod, and I had the reputation in the jail as the most hated chaplain in the jail, because I don't let you get away with anything. Um, You know, we're going to use God's word in context, we're not going to take it out, and there was a, another man that came in. I was another six months down the line. I was down there and a guy came in through the door. I said, so what brings you in? He says, I want to see the show. I said, what do you mean you want to see the show? He said, you're the most hated chaplain in the jail. I said, yeah, I know that. Um, it's okay. Um, I, was, I actually had one of the head chaplains came in one time. Somebody said that to me. Now, Mark, don't get anybody hating on you. And one of the head chaplain's assistants was in there. He said, it's you? I said, yeah. He said, well, you're also the most requested. But, so the young man sits down. I said, tell me, tell me, you know, the reasons why. And I won't go through all that. But then the other young man from six months early walks in. And he comes in. He says, I'm getting out. He says, I just, you know, want to shake your hand. I said, it's amazing that God put him in there. But he He says, you know, you're the most hated chaplain. I said, yeah. But I I look at how God uses that one guy. It wasn't a room full of people. It wasn't something I had to see. Um, I mean, I actually have another story that I won't tell because I can't get through it without crying. But We don't always see the fruit, but we have to be faithful. Not trying to produce it, but trying to abide in Christ and who he is. So if you're not walking, my prayer is that you, Put your faith in him. Make sure that you're not a branch that's sitting there being waited to be picked up and thrown in the fire. Not cut off. He's not going to cut you off. You're just there. That you're not coming to church just to be here. But that you're abiding in Christ. That you're bearing much fruit me pray. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for who you are. I know they didn't plan on coming here and hearing a 45-minute sermon, but Lord, let us glorify you by holding on to your Son, by walking in his word. Father, as it convicts me also as I stand here to know you better always.